You hear that guitar riff, we'll tune up the band quick Just straight off my laptop, I blow with the bandwidth How slick can this man get, but the call off a razor More diesel than Nash, I move past all these haters See they know who I am, but they don't know why I'm here this is I'm just a sexy Kurt, sexy Kurt I'll make your ankle hurt, ankle hurt I'm just a sexy Kurt, sexy Kurt I'll make your ankle hurt, ankle hurt Welcome back to The Perfect Edge It's your boy, the face of the hill, the mouth of the bout The whole effing podcast, Don DeBiase A.K.A. The Left Hand of Destruction A.K.A. The Monster Among Mikes Pause this is Donovan, the Lowdown Lloyd, y'all. Welcome back to another episode. Uh, also, make sure y'all go and check out Falls Count Anywhere and uh, the Matt Madness Weekly Show. And we also have a throwback, man. It's coming up soon. Uh, please, guys, forgive me. I forgot which one it is. It's been a long week, but it will be good. Trust and believe me. I listen to them all the time, and they're always good because this whole network is good. We're the greatest. We're the best. There's no contest. And, yeah. So... Gonna get right into things, I guess. I'll see why not. <sighs> we had the Great Balls of Fire pay per view, uh, and it was decent. It was decent. Um, as far as the matches go, I, I mean, it was nothing that was truly poop um, per se. Um, had uh, Neville and Tazawa, which was which was good. You had Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, which um, I mean, it was it was decent, but I I I I didn't really pay much attention to it. You know, Alo he he may be right on, on on the winning end when it comes to Bray Wyatt these days because I'm starting to see the light on him. I, I, I'm starting to see what Alo was talking about uh, in in the past, and I'm I'm starting to get a little careless about Bray Wyatt. So, you know, I, I, I tip of the cap, as Ron would say, to, to Alo for, you know, kind of seeing the decline of Bray Wyatt because I'm starting to see it. Even though he's up for bagging JoJo, he is down for bagging his matches and performances as of lately. So, um, anyway, had Cass and Enzo, which pretty much went the way that everyone thought it would go. No real surprise there. And we'll get to that anyways, because I just, we'll get to that anyways. Um, yeah, Shazamus, Shazaro, Shazamus, Shazaro and Sheamus versus the Hardys, which I'm pretty sure I said on the last episode that I do not care to see these guys fight each other ever again. I've seen it way too much over the last couple months. I don't care if it was Iron Man match. I do not care if it was a ladder match. I do not care if it was anything i do not eat green eggs and ham i don't care if it was here i don't care if it was there i don't care to see these people fight anymore wwe please end this like i hope this is it because i really do not want to see this anymore please stop moving along uh sasha and alexa put on a pretty good match uh like the way that it ended alexa you know getting the count out continuing this feud because i mean it was a good match but we obviously we could get more out of those two so i just hope that you know continue to build that you know have a culmination for sasha at SummerSlam, and you know move on from there whatever happens happens but i'll definitely want to see sasha with the title again i don't care if they now that's a feud that i do care to see over and over again you guys can continue with 
you know what I mean? But I definitely want to see Sasha with the title again. Um, moving on, we have another match that I, I care to not see these people fight ever again in life. You have The Miz and Dean Ambrose. <sighs> I just don't care to see these two fight anymore. WWE, please, please stop putting these two in matches. I do not care, to, mainly because of Ambrose. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. I, I don't care. And I'm going to get to this now. I wasn't going to get to it later, but I'm going to get to it now. Ambrose trying to do the whole thing with several on time. Like, There's no show reunion. You need the show reunion, bro, because you are terrible outside of it right about now. Like, I would, like, you and Seth, I, I would care for you in that. But you trying to shoot it down, I did not care for that because you need the shield right now. You need, at least, you need a piece of the shield right now at most. So, but anyway, uh, match was... The match was good because of the Miz and his crew. Really, let's just be honest. Like it was, it was, or at least to me, anyways, it was good because of the Miz and, and, and his crew. So, uh, Strowman versus Reigns, which was probably my favorite moment of the night, with Roman pretty much jolting himself into the ambulance and Braun just side swiping. It's the best thing in the world. It was. I, I really was trying to look for a meme or anything to find. I couldn't find anything, but it was so hilarious to me how he just threw himself in ambulance and, and Braun just like side swiped it so, and got out of the way. So that was pretty hilarious. Samoa Joe and Lesnar, everything I expected to be. Uh, I honestly, I want to see more of it. Um, I know Roman's lingering in the wind there, but you know whatever. I know, like no one wants to see him and Roman right now. Everyone wants to see Joe and Brock go at it again, and. I'm 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 on that train. I want to see it again. Roman can wait. Um, he can, you know. Apparently, Braun Strowman is never done with Roman Reigns. So, I mean, obviously, he has something to do. So, I'd rather just see Samoa Joe and Lesnar. Like, I don't really care to see Reigns fighting. Moving on, man. It's just a lot going on in the world of everything. TV's booming. Music is booming. Sports is booming. So, just a lot going on. But um, since we're on wrestling, I'll continue with my wrestling. Um, all right, let's 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 get to Cass and Enzo in, in the breakup. I feel like it's kind of sudden, mainly because they have not accomplished anything as a tag team, and they could have multiple times. And I feel like the WWE just completely dropped the ball with those guys. They're completely over. They should have had the belts at some point for a good bit of time, and they haven't. And I just feel like it's a complete misuse. I feel like this is absolutely sudden for them to break up, which, I I mean, I get that it gives them something to do, but at the same time, it doesn't really give Enzo much to do except get tossed around, which he's already been having done anyway. Now, the way I think that the WWE should have did this is you have Cass and Enzo turn heel. I mean, or whatever. They could have stayed face. It really doesn't matter. But pretty much at this point, you let Cass be on his solo tip, but you have Enzo be his mouthpiece. Now, Cass can talk, granted, but Cass sounds pretty much like he's reading off a cue card or he's robotic to me anyways. Um... And I feel like Enzo, even though he talks a lot of stuff, and sometimes you're just like, you're, like, you're really going on the tangent right now. I would rather hear Enzo talk rather than Cass sound like a robot. Um, so, But anyway, um, I just feel like it was sudden. Um, 
I don't know. I just like I don't know. Based off of what I've seen right now, and it's still very early. I don't know because of I don't know. I just feel like Cass has to develop his character more right now. It's just like it's kind of hard to see. But at the same time, I guess I'm prematurely rating what I what I'm seeing. But um, I don't know. As of right now, I feel like I don't know. I I just I just have to I guess wait and see how it pans out. But I, right now, I'm not seeing much out of Cass. I'm seeing that. And, and Enzo was right. Enzo was the star of those two. Um, so, because, I, 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 I mean, Cass is seven feet tall, whatever. We, like, we get it. Like, WWE, big guy. Yeah, we understand. But I just see that Enzo was more of the star. And Cass just was, you know, the muscle. But I felt like Cass should have went on the soul tip. Enzo should have been his mouthpiece. And, you know, that should have been that. Um, but even, I don't know, even with... I don't know. I just feel like Cass is lacking something, and I just hope that you know, I don't like. I don't doubt the guy, and I don't want to you know put the guy down. Like, but I just I see that he's lacking something right now, and I hope that he gets whatever it is that he's missing that he's lacking. And I hope that he gets better at talking, and he doesn't sound like he's reading cue cards or a robot. Um. So, um, Rusev is back. Rusev is back. I've been you know waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks. Wondering when Rusev was going to show his handsome face on screen. And he finally came back against who? John Cena. Um, is this relatively something that we wanted to see? Maybe. Is this something that I'm mad about? No. Um, I mean, Rusev and John Cena they have great chemistry together. They've had great matches in the past. It was a great rivalry in the past. So to bring him back against John Cena, I'm with it. Would I rather see him see to get a title as well? Yes, um, I really thought they were gonna do bring him back at uh at uh whatever pay per view he was supposed he was asking to come back at. Um, I was thinking they were gonna bring him back for that, and he was gonna ch- challenge Jinder Mahal because a lot of people obviously don't remember that him and Jinder were beefing the last time that they were you know around each other. So I feel like that would have been a good pickup story, but you know whatever, WWE logic. Um, Brock and Samoa Joe. That is the best thing on Raw right now. Um, just these two guys, you know, going at it. And, you know, the promos have been great. Joe has definitely been like, I mean, Brock has been doing his part, no doubt. But Joe has just completely been taking this thing by the horns and making the most out of it. He has absolutely become the most intriguing thing on Raw right now. Um and just like completely fueling this fuel, uh, this this feud and making it you know worth the while, at least in my eyes and well in everybody's eyes, it's not just my eyes, but um, it's definitely just been a great thing to see. Um, and I feel like Brock is is really invested in this. Like I mean, with Goldberg, he was you know kind of invested, but you could tell like like he got his money and it was what it was. But this, it seems like Brock is really invested. He's really you know he's he's responding with some enthusiasm. You know he's uh cussing again so that's that's good um i guess because it shows that he has an enthusiasm towards what's going on um so i'm just really happy with with this i really would i would like to see joe with the title um at some point even if it's not now we'd like to see joe with the title at some point um and i just feel like he'll do great things with it um strowman um and samojo are just to me they're the best things on raw right now um personally um those are 
you know, two guys that when I when I turn on Raw, that's who I want to see. Um, I want to see those guys, and I want to see what they're doing. Um, nine times out of ten, Strowman is beating up Roman in some form or fashion, and Samoa Joe is right now trying to get at Brock every chance he gets, and it is super entertaining to me. I love it. I love it. I love it. Violence, as Dario Cueto would say. Um, uh, just kind of watching this past Monday night, um, kind of noticing that Roman sounded very believable again. He sounded like Roman of the Shield-esque. He didn't sound like he was reading off a cute card. He didn't sound like he was trying. He sounded like he was just talking. He was being himself. He was being regular, and he sounded he sounded good. So um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the WWE is like, hey, go out there, do your thing, or I don't know what's going on, but... Continue to allow Roman to do that. Continue to allow him to just speak the way that he's been speaking. I don't know. If if, if he's on the cue cards, then keep him on. If he's not, then take him off. But whatever is going on right now, whatever happened Monday night, continue to let him do that Like because he sounded great Monday night. To me, anyway, I don't know how anybody else feels, but to me, he sounds very, very believable. Again, he doesn't sound like he's trying or trying to be funny. Um and say I could, I could say the same for for Dean Ambrose on Monday for that fact. Even though he said something stupid by not wanting to bring the shield back, he sounded enthused and and ready to go. So I just don't want him to be against the Miz. Um, uh, the Miz rise. Um, that was great. Just you know the the Mizzies. Even though I hate the the, the name the Mizzies, um, it was still a great segment. Um, but one thing I did find interesting about. Uh, the Miz and the Miz Taraj is when they approach the ring to uh, to attack uh, Seth Rollins. Um, they approach the ring the same way that the Shield would approach the ring when they used to attack someone, and I just thought that was very intriguing. How uh, you know it kind of came back and bit Seth Rollins in the butt that you know the same way he would you know with his guys attack people that he was attacked pretty much the same way. Um, by the way, that the Miz and and the Miz Taraj uh, approached him in the ring. But um, AJ Styles winning at Madison Square Garden. Huge, huge deal. Um, I wish I would have been able to see the match. Um, but, you know, whatever. He has the, he has the title now. And either way, I would, I, I'm, like I said before, AJ Styles and KO, they're, they're my favorite guys in the WWE right now. Um, so, I mean, with that match, either way, I'm fine. I mean, I knew AJ would get the title, uh, eventually. Um, but I, that's, that's a feud I don't mind seeing. I mean, these are two guys who I, I me mean, personally are my two favorites right now. And I, I don't mind seeing them going against each other. And I, I don't care if they flip the title back and forth. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't really matter to me. I just want to see them continue to do what they're doing and put on some great matches, man. Let like they, let them go. Let them do their indie moves. Let them let them get all their arsenal out. Let them go. Like obviously they know what they're doing. They're two guys who obviously can trust each other. Let them go. Let them show their arsenal. Let them, you know, let them put on great matches. Um Another great WWE 2K18 commercial uh, featuring Kurt Angle going uh, to 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 the destruction that Seth Rollins left in the in the last commercial and just kind of uh, rummaging through uh, the 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 debris and things that Seth burnt and you know destroyed and just kind of looking up like he's you know a little mad about it, which is cool because they're both on the same show. So if you like you know you guys want to you know bring that to the show, let Kurt you know wrestle a little bit. Won't be mad at that. But, you know, whatever. WWE will, will do what WWE does. Speaking of Kurt Angle, 
I was uh, able to watch his show this week, uh, his uh, his documentary, uh, his 24 special, um, Homecoming, which uh, WWE is amazing with these things. They need to do them more often. Um, and I was just very intrigued by a lot of things that uh, was going on in this special. Um, him talking about uh, hugging Vince and seeing him again for the first time in years and um, just, you know, taking a pause and crying a bit about it and just kind of sh- really showing like the end, like how, how much Vince has affected him, like as a father figure and things like that. I thought that was very intriguing. Like, um, I, me personally, I didn't know that, you know, they were that close. I mean, not to say that they weren't, I'm pretty sure he's close with a lot of his attitude era guys, but just kind of like seeing like visually how close those two were and just like, you know, even the joy in Vince's face, like joy was I mean, Vince was, you know, just every scene that they showed them two together, like Vince was just smiling from ear to ear. So I think that just, you know, showed a different side of those two and just showed how important that relationship was to each other. Um, Also, just um, talking about his dad and, you know, how he died at work and things like that. Like, that's another thing that obviously that um, many people probably didn't know that, you know, Kirk's dad was um, dead and, um, you know, just kind of him talking about it and going into it was uh, definitely um, something to see um, going in and depth about uh, his neck injury, his first one. Um, just kinda, even seeing the the, 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 the footage of it, just kind of seeing like when his head hit the mat, it was like, oh, like kind of tough to watch. Um, but definitely just, you know, him continuing to wrestle through it and getting the Olympic medal was, you know, was also great um, to really see more in depth of that story of what was going on during that time period. Um, I thought also it was intriguing him talking about being a um, fan of Stone Cold um, when he started watching wrestling because he said initially people were telling him to not watch it because it wasn't the real deal and he was. But kind of seeing that, you know, when he started watching it, that um, his favorite was Stone Cold was very intriguing to me because a, a lot of his great funnier moments, well, not funnier moments, but um, a lot of his great funny moments were with Stone Cold and Vince and just kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I I seen it as you know a fan finally being able to you know work with the person that he looked up to and that he you know was one of his favorites. I just thought that was a good a, a cool thing to to hear. Um, and they, he also brought up you know his his um I don't know if it, it wasn't necessarily a debut but his appearance against Tiger Ali Singh. I remember Tiger Ali Singh. Um, and that may be the last time anyone hears about Tiger Ali Singh. So if I was him, I would get out here in some of these, uh, these, these fan cons or whatever it is and, and take advantage of that because people have heard your name. So, you know, you need to get on that, buddy. I know your management is, but you know, go ahead and get on that. Anyway, um, uh, he also talked about, you know, breaking his neck against Brock, um, at No Way Out, um, which was... Uh, kind of, kind of intriguing because I, I honestly only thought he broke his neck once. I, I don't, I never, never paid attention to the news that, um, that he, he, he broke his neck more than once. Um, so maybe other people know that I didn't know that. Um, I don't even know if I was even paying attention to behind the scenes stuff like that back when he was wrestling. Um, but that was very intriguing to know that he broke his neck more than once. Um, also that he, you know, he talked about abusing the painkillers and, and breaking his neck yet again, um, and I, I another thing I that's just so much in depth stuff in this in this documentary because I never would have I mean obviously we know that he had neck pain so you know 
you would think that he's taking prescriptions, but never to the point that he was abusing them um, as much as he, he talked about that he was. Um, so that was definitely intriguing to know and to find out. Um, he also talked about uh, being jealous of John Cena because um, John Cena was taking his place um, at that point, um, which, you know, anybody who's a top guy in that business, yeah, you, you're going to feel a certain way when somebody else is coming in or kind of taking the top spot that you feel like you had. Um, uh, also he talks about, uh, needing to get help from, you know, the pill addiction and, you know, Vince wanting to help him and him kind of like really going against it and not wanting to help. And that pretty much being the reason why he had to leave the WWE, kind of choosing on his own to leave because he didn't want to get the help. Um, and just kind of bucking against what Vince wanted, which was to help him. So I thought that was, um, super intriguing as well. Like, you know, somebody wants, wanting to help you and you're just completely bucking against it. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Dixie Carter was in, is on WWE television. Like, that was different. But, I mean, I guess if, you know, she's not involved with the owl anymore, then, you know, she doesn't really have to have any loyalty to that company if they ask her, hey, would you mind coming and speaking on something for Kirk? I don't see why she would say, no, you're not a part of the, the other company anymore. And even if you was, it, it wouldn't matter that people would care. So, um, but, and even they, they showed like, they showed, uh, the newspaper with TNA on it and da, da, da. I would have, I would have wanted them to touch on it a little bit, but it's not conducive to his career as far as WWE. So whatever. But, um, they talked about, uh, his DUIs. Um, they talked about, you know, him finally going into rehab. Um, they talked about, uh, him. Uh, well, he's talked about himself being the father that he never thought he would. He um, just just a lot of introspective things that um many fans probably haven't known about him um as far as like his addictions and you know just kind of the 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 ego he like I'm mean, obviously the character that he was portraying had an ego but j just to see like that ego was tra was translating into his real life in multiple ways was also very intriguing to see. So um, definitely a, a must watch, um, especially if you're a Kurt Angle fan, even if you're not a Kurt Angle fan. It's just the WWE 24-7 docu documentaries are just great television. It's great to watch. So I definitely recommend that you guys go and check that out. Um, oh, but not even to, to, to end on this note, um, seeing a lot of the, the uh, old wrestling footage from Kurt Angle, um, I have to say that Kurt Angle has had some great ring attire some great ring attire, including the velour uh, sweatsuit that he had, the one, the same one that he had, the world's best tag team wearing, and just some great ring gear, great ring stuff. Great, he, he was actually fly to be an Olympic gold medalist, and not to say that Olympic gold medalists aren't fly, but well, you, you get the picture. Like I'm not gonna expound on it, whatever. Um, and one thing I also noticed about Kurt Angle is that he cannot say WWE to save his life. So WWE, like he speeds it up or whatever, like he cannot say those words. To save his life, I, I laughed every time he said it because it was just like he completely like rushed through the second W. So I don't know. I just found it pretty funny to me. Um, moving on, going to get to some uh, UFC stuff. Uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale, uh, Jesse Taylor versus Diego Lima. Uh, it was a pretty good match, man. Uh, pretty good match. Um, the person who I thought would win that match won that match. Uh, Jesse Taylor pretty much was just all over Diego Lima for most of the fight. Um, had a couple early parts where he could, you know, he was just, you know, shooting for takedowns and easily getting them. 
um, going for real naked chokes, um, just not able to hold on to him initially. Um, at a uh, at a later point in the fight, Lima catches you know Taylor with with a mean left hook that catches him completely off guard. It looks like it could have been over at that point. Uh, luckily, Taylor was able to recover. Um, and he was able to make him tap out via the rear naked choke and just kind of, you know, being able to redeem himself from past years when he uh, got himself kicked out of the final. Um, and it was just a good, I mean, anybody, I think, coming out of that series would have been a good thing to see, just, you know, being that it's a redemption season. And um, I think they should do that more. Um, I think, you know, whatever they do next year, to you know, do that and then, you know, one or two years down the line, do another re- a redemption year, um, redemption two or something, you know, I don't know, but um, and have Ronda Rousey start that one, um, no shade, no shade, but you know she needs to redeem herself. Let's be honest, but anyway, um, even like I like what Justin, what Justice Taylor said at the end of uh, his fight. He said to all the referees, "I'm dead. If I'm down, don't stop the fight till I'm dead." And I feel like a lot of, not even just UFC fighters, but a lot of boxers, they feel that way. Um, and just like, as of lately, it's been a lot of stupid stoppages and not just UFC, but in boxing as well. And it's just like, you know, I feel like refs need, I mean, I don't know, like from a fan perspective, it's like, you know, let them fight. Even from a fighter's perspective, nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, let them fight. From a ref's perspective, they're like, you know, no, we're saving them. You know, we're helping them. And it's like, you know, well, I don't know, somewhere in the middle that needs to be met. But obviously fans and fighters aren't satisfied with some of these stoppages and I don't know something needs to be figured out something needs to be worked out uh, moving on to UFC 213 um, wasn't as excited about this event as I thought I would be um, I was really looking forward to Amanda Nunez versus Valentina Shevchenko for whatever reason um, Amanda pulled out I didn't look much into it to be honest with you um, but she pulled out um, and the fight did not happen, which I think is good. Uh, I mean, Valentina could have took another fight, I'm pretty sure, but I think it was smart to not do that, to, you know, wait till Amanda's able to fight uh, fight again and, you know, have the, the, the fight that she's supposed to have for the belt. Um, I'm very happy to see that Anthony Pettis won, um, and hopefully that means good things for him moving forward. You got Alistair Overeem versus uh, Fabricio Verdum, which uh, was kind of weird on Alistair Overeem's part. Um, I don't know. Even on most of that part, it just seemed like, I don't know, it was something missing from that fight. Even though it was it was okay, but I don't know. I just felt like it was something missing from it. Anyway, Overeem uh, won that fight, uh, which apparently Fabricio Verdum did not completely agree with. Um and even, I, I feel like this is, I don't know, his second loss or something like Maybe third? Something to that extent? I don't know wh- where he's moving towards after this fight. Um, hopefully, he's not retiring. I feel like a lot of guys are starting to retire and, and stuff as well. Um, but, I don't know. He definitely needs to, you know, to get some consistent wins under his belt these days because I feel like he's he's lost quite a bit. So, I don't know. Fabrizio, work on that, bro. Um I don't know what to tell you because I'm, I'm I'm not a fighter and I'm not a trainer, but you need to work on that. Uh, moving on, we got a uh, UFC 214 coming up, which obviously is a big deal because we will finally, supposedly, hopefully get Daniel Cormier versus John Jones too. This is probably the 
as of right now, this is probably the most anticipated fight to see. Um, for me, probably it's it's this and, and Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. Um, but this is I'm pretty sure this is trumping over the, the those two. Um, and it's just it's just it's it's gonna be everything. Hopefully, it's gonna be everything that we've been waiting to see. These two have been beefing with each other for a very, very, very long time since UFC 182, um, and they were supposed to fight at 200. It didn't happen because of John Jones doing some <laughs> John Jones things, which do your Googles if you want to know. But um, I don't know. I'm just waiting to see that. Waiting to see how that pans out. Waiting to see if John Jones still has it or if you know Cormier is finally going to be able to get over that hump and have his number and beat him. And, you know, and I feel like he's, Cormier, he's, he's fought a lot of people. He's won a lot of fights since him. But I feel like John Jones is definitely that asterisk that's still on his list. And um, he needs to overcome that. And I feel like he, he he's hell-bent on trying to overcome that. Um, you got Tyron Woodley versus Damian Maya. Um, you know, you guys know how I feel about Tyron Woodley. I respect the guy, but I just feel like he's kind of corny. Um I'm not. I don't know how I feel about Damian Maya though. Like I know he's he's a good contender, but I don't know if I don't know. I, that's another fight I'm gonna have to sit back and see how things pan out because I just don't know. I don't know if Damian Maya is gonna completely get the job done. I don't doubt him, but it's just one of those fights where it's like I feel like personally it could go either way. Me personally, um, we got uh, who else is on the card that I want to see? Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cerrone. Uh, that's obviously going to be a good one that I want to see. Um, I mean, it's it's, it's it's Robbie Lawler and Donald Cerrone. Like, what more can you say? Like, two great fighters that are going to fight each other. Um, and they're just going to... I'm so sorry that I even said it. That was that was some old Tonga type stuff. Two fighters that are going to fight each other. But um, I don't, I just, it's just a fight that I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm so excited for this card. I feel like this card is really taking a lot of the thunder that 213 should have had. And, um, oh, oh wait, hold on. Aljamain Sterling's fighting. Okay. Henning Brow is fighting. Looking at the rest of the card, you know, I'm doing, I did my Googles, as I always tell you guys to do. Um, Sage Northcutt is on the card. Oh, snap. My boy Sage is on the card. All right. I'm really, I'm really hype about this now. My boy Sage Northcutt is on the card. I hope he wins because I'm tired of him losing. So I'm, I'm really happy to say that. Sage Northcutt is on the card, ladies and gentlemen. All right. This might be better than I thought. All right, so 214 uh, is coming up soon. It's coming up July 29th. I uh, will be watching, and hopefully uh, the people that I want to win will win. But, you know I mean, obviously I have no control over that. I'm, hold on, let me look at this card. I'm pretty sure I thought... I thought... Uh, I thought Cyborg was fighting on this card. I guess I'm not seeing her on the listing. No. Oh, you know, she is. Dang, I'm, I'm, her real name is on here. Yeah, Cyborg is fighting. Uh, I completely forgot that she has a real name. Um, but yeah, Chris, <laughs> Chris Cyborg is fighting uh, Tanya Evinger, who this is probably going to be a tuna can fight. If you've seen Chris Cyborg fight before, then you know that she's pretty much destroying all her opponents. I feel like this is going to be the same thing. I feel like she should be fighting a... Uh, Durandamy for the belt on this one, but I feel like Durandamy's she just got the belt. She's like, don't do this to me yet. 
which is understandable. But eventually that belt is going to belong to Chris Cyborg. Unless, now, here's my theory. There's a, a female out there who I feel like could compete with Chris Cyborg. And her name is Gabby Garcia. Now, if you don't know who Gabby Garcia is, I would like for you to pull up your friendly YouTube. And I would like for you to YouTube Gabby Garcia and to see her fighting. She is a woman amongst girls. She is a beast. And I feel like her versus Chris Cyborg will be something that... This this is a dream match that the world does not know exists yet. That need that that needs to be a dream match. Um, so you know, Dana, if you're out there, I just gave you a great idea, bro. Go and grab her up, get this match going. And this is I feel like this is a this is a title worthy match. So get that belt on Cyborg, go and sign her, uh, go and sign Gabby Garcia, and get that match together and give the world something that they didn't even know that they wanted and needed. You're welcome. Uh, moving on to the to the the real meat and potatoes of this show tonight, we have the the beginning process of uh the tour for Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather, and it's been eventful with just two already people. Um, I mean, which everyone was expecting. I'm pretty sure no one expected this. You know these these press conferences to be dull or to be boring or anything uh, of that nature. Um, these guys immediately just well they kind of eased in, but like they're full blown going at each other now. Um, Connor uh, and and at the L.A. when um, was talking about Floyd being in tracksuit and not being able to afford a suit anymore, which we we know is a lie, but it's it's funny to hear Connor say it, um, saying that he's knocking out Floyd inside of four rounds. It's good to hear. I don't really believe that, Connor. I'm sorry, but you know, what I mean, I don't think a lot of people believe that. Anybody who watched who has watched Floyd fight does not believe that. Um, everyone's saying, oh, Connor has a puncher's chance. Yeah, but you have to punch the person to have a puncher's chance, and I just don't see him punching him like. So you can't have a puncher's chance if you can't punch the person. It's just it's, it's, you can't do it. Um, um, he talks about uh, having his own promotion now, which I think is really, 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 really dope. Um, I don't know how that's going to work money-wise moving forward for the UFC, but I think it's dope that he has his own promotion now. Um, he talks about his line of suits that he has coming. Uh, the suit that he had on at the L.A. Uh, 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 promotion show uh, the the pinstripes on the suit said excuse my language people it said fuck you going down the pinstripe so you know what i mean if you can google it it was pretty pretty dope thing to see i'm i'm a guy who's in the suits um and i thought that was really really different and dope idea i mean i wouldn't encourage you know profanity on it but you know i thought for who Conor mcgregor is and him wearing the, the nice suits that he wears i thought that was a really dope touch even Dana uh, saying in his blog, uh, finally getting a glance, saying, oh, oh, it really does say fuck you in the pinstripes. So I thought that was really dope. Um, uh, he talked about, you know, the gloves having to be 10 ounces and, you know, fighting at 145 pounds and, you know, all the gl glove qualification stuff and, you know, whatever, whatever. No one really cares. Like, we just want to see the fight at this point. Uh, you know, Floyd talking about 21 is the number. Why is that the number? And he said, that's because that's how long I've been kicking ass. And, um saying that he never ran from anybody, which, you know, people would probably debate that he kind of has ran from people. Um, 
I know people more than likely probably say he ran from Pacquiao in his prime, but you know, that's that's up to people to talk about. Um, he says, uh, he I don't know. It was a weird part in in that in that conference where you know Floyd is um you know shadow boxing a little bit and Connor says dance for me boy, which I'm not gonna say it, but I alluded to it, and you can take what you want from it, but it was definitely kind of racist. Um, I don't think, now me being a Connor fan, I don't think Connor was intending to be racist because he immediately tried to switch it up and say, dance for me, son. But it was just like, you know, kind of that's a little, a little on the racial side, bro. Um, so, but I mean, me personally, I didn't, you know, get, I didn't get offended by it. It is what it is. Um, to me personally, uh, Floyd showing the hundred million dollar check and and, <laughs> and kind of saying, "Well, give it to the IRS." And Floyd said, "I am I'm the IRS and I'm gonna tax your ass." Um, I, I, that was definitely a great banter. Like this is what people want to see. And um, Floyd saying, "You know, we know we knew I was the A side, and that's why my name is first, and that's why we had to come to the boxing ring." Um. And he he said that Connor looks good for a seven and eight figure fighter, but I'm a nine figure fighter. Uh, you know. He's saying, but it was so weird because like he was coming at him, and then like he kind of like humbled himself a little bit and saying, you know, Connor played a part in, in making the fight and you know things like that. Um, he also said he's not the same fighter he was, you know, ten years ago, five years ago, two years ago. But he has enough to beat Connor, and I mean, I believe that. Like, I mean, I still believe that you know Floyd has the hand speed to hit Connor and to counter punch and do all that Floyd typically does. And I feel like, bro, like I mean. It's not. I'm pretty sure you've been in the gym the whole the whole time that you the gym the whole time that you stopped boxing per se. Like I'm pretty sure like you have not stopped your uh, your workout. So I'm not really doubting Floyd. I'm pretty sure Floyd still has everything going. He hasn't taken a lot of punishment in his career, so I'm pretty sure his faculties are still intact. And you know, I just I don't doubt that Floyd isn't going to win. Um, he also said uh, that. You know, Connor can go out on his face or on his back. Which way does he want to go? Um, they cut Connor's mic off, which was really, really, really stupid. Um, you know, these are these are probably two of the most talking guys in in fighting in a long time. Let them talk. Let them go. That's why that's that's why you guys had the the conference. Let them go. Let them talk. Why would you cut his mic off? It was so stupid. Um, Fudo said, you know, just show up and I'm gonna do the rest. Um, he said, God only made one thing perfect, and that's my boxing record. And then, you know, the two, these two guys, you know, with the egos they had, they got into a little, you know, talking about afterwards. That went on for a little while. And I wish somebody would have put the mic in between them so that we can get the coverage of what they were saying to each other in there. But, I mean, I guess that's just the allure of, of, of good fights that, you know, especially when they're in each other's face, that they're talking trash and at least, you know, the the suspense of what they were saying to each other. Um, they also did Toronto, I believe, yesterday, which is a couple of days from or whenever you hear this podcast, it'll be when it was. Do your Googles. Um, uh, Connor called Floyd a bitch. Um, he talked about Floyd's team cutting his mic, which, you know I mean, <laughs> you just gave him fuel for ammo for the, for the next promotion for that from doing it from the first one. Like, come on, guys. Like, you knew this. Um, he talked about Floyd having strippers on his payroll, having 50 strippers on his payroll, and Rob Kardashian only having one. 
uh, which is just you know goes. I, I mean, obviously when they when they did this Toronto pr- pr- promotion, like Connor was pissed off from the last one from them cutting his mic off. So just like you guys, completely gave him fire to run with on this one. Um, he said uh, he he <laughs> he just said a lot a lot of I mean it was a lot of bitch calling between both of them. They both were calling each other bitch and you know you know things of that nature. Like it just. It's gonna happen. Um, Floyd um, telling Connor the fans can't fight for you. Um, he said, "I uh, I don't read, but I do numbers." Um, he tells Connor that uh, <laughs> to bet his check on the fight. What <laughs> Connor immediately goes, "Sign me up!" And I, I, me personally, I'd have been like, "Nope, <laughs> like I'm good where I'm at, bro. Like I know what I'm making. I'm not betting that. Like I don't care how confident I am in beating you. Like I'm not bet. I wouldn't bet my check. Like that's stupid." Um, and you're Floyd Mayweather, like, the possibility of you winning is high. Like, it's not like you're some sleeper or some tuna can, like, I'm fighting. Like, you're Floyd Mayweather. I would not bet my check. I would like my check, actually. Thank you. Um, he says that Dane is uh, Connor's boss, and uh, he called him a little bitch, and he called him a quitter because um, of, of him tapping out to, to Nate Diaz. Um, and Connor saying, like, you know, you've never been in there. You don't. That's a different animal that you're dealing with and, you know, things of that nature. Um yeah, Floyd says, don't y'all ever uh, tell me shit about a $3 million fighter. Um, Connor says, not no more, which is true, bro. Like, once you gave him this fight, he is no longer a, uh, a $3 million fighter, bro. He is whatever number he's getting, dollar fighter. Um, he apologizes to Dana about anything he said to him in the past. Um, you know, he said he, he did a hell of a job with the UFC, which, I mean, I feel like most people say he's, he's done. Um, there may be some doubters, but obviously they they they're probably haters and people who lost in the UFC, but or or didn't get what they felt they were worth, and people outside of them knew that what they were worth. But whatever. Um. Uh, he he, you know, he called the flag on the shirt the Toronto flag. Um, Floyd, it's it's not just Toronto's flag; it's 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 Canada's flag, bro. So you know, I mean the whole country shares that flag but you know neither here nor, i mean you're the champ so you know take that win uh floyd puts on the irish flag like connor does when he uh after his fights um and uh, as floyd grabs the iron uh the irish flag connor then goes and grabs the money bag that floyd bought on stage and, and kind of uh, says it's only about five thousand dollars in it and this is it this is it it's only about five hundred five thousand dollars in here you know, and he says uh, if he does something to the flag, he's not getting the bag back, and he's gonna come up on the stage if he does something to the flag. Obviously, Connor is is a true patriot, uh, a patriot of his country. Can I even use that for that? I don't think I can. He's a he's a true countryman for his country. I'll say that, uh, and he cares much about his flag. Uh, so that was I thought that was pretty damn interesting um, myself to be to be honest. Um, uh, Floyd says uh, uh, the real men that got money don't got to wear suits. Pretty much talking to Dana White saying that, you know, real men don't got to wear suits. We real men. We're making real money. And kind of points out, you know, Ellerby, you know, he has on a suit. Uh, one, of, uh, one of Mayweather's people wearing a suit, uh, which, I mean, immediately I thought the same thing. I'm like, dude, like the guy, Ellerby, which he, uh, he always has on a suit. Like he never is like really in just some regular, regular gear. He's typically in a suit. Um, so I don't know, man. Um, even like I haven't even watched. I've watched just like a lot of highlight videos. I haven't watched the whole thing in its entirety, which 
everyone knows that I will. And I will watch the other ones that I'm pretty sure are coming up um, the next within the next week or so. Um, it's a fight that at this point, like you have to be excited for this. If if not even for the fight, you have to be excited for just the press conference and the stuff that is gonna that's been said and that's gonna be said even beyond uh, this week. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm excited for it now. I'm also excited to see Triple G and um, Canelo fighting a couple weeks afterwards, which may have its thunder taken from it because of this Floyd and Connor fight. But I feel like if you're a real boxing fan, you're gonna watch that. You're gonna you know order that or whatever you do to watch it anyway. So hopefully uh, the thunder won't be taken from that, and the right amount of press and the right amount of hype will continue to be around Triple G and Canelo. Um, so. Yeah, I just hope that happens. I think uh, I think Adrian Broner's fight is coming up. I'm not sure if he fought yet or is. I think it's still coming up. Um, if AB wins, uh, I will. I'm not hopping back on the AB bandwagon, but I will. You know, give him a kudos and you know congratulate him. I mean, I don't know him personally, so I can't you know actually congratulate him. But you know, I don't know. It'll 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 say a lot about him moving forward if he wins this fight. Um, against Mikey Garcia. Uh, if he loses this fight, it kind of will, I think in a lot of people's minds, allow them to say, okay, he's done or I'm done with him, you know, so I don't know. Um, either way, I mean, he, he has a lot to look forward to as far as winning. Losing, it will say a lot about him and maybe it wouldn't, maybe it won't. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like, me personally, I feel like, the amount of effort and discipline that he'll that he'll show in this fight is what will speak for him as far as what what will happen with him going forward. Um, so I don't know. I hope that he's going back to you know the old Adrian Broner, a prominence, you know, winning and dominating. Um, he says he's he's pretty much done with all the clowning and stuff like that. I hope that's true. I hope that he's really getting focused. He's really getting disciplined. He's he's been around Floyd um, lately, which is which is I think good for him. He's uh he's moved out of his old environments, which is definitely good for him. And I just hope to see that he's focused and that he's back to taking his craft seriously. Um Yeah, so Well, that's pretty much it guys. Um not much more to say after that. Pretty much ran down everything that needed to be talked about, at least by me anyways. It's been a rough week. Um Shout out to Ron. Shout out to, you know, the rest of the guys on uh, Matt Madness Podcast Network. Make sure you guys go check out False Count Anywhere. Make sure you guys go check out the Matt Madness Weekly Show. Make sure that you check out the Throwback Madness Show. That will be out soon or already out, depending on when you hear this episode of The Perfect Edge. This is number nine, Eric Trambicki. Um... And yeah, I'm pretty much done, guys. I have nothing else to say. Uh, have a good week. Have a good month. Have a good year. And top guy out. This is bigger than me. Yeah, I'm just making it clear. Give me the space in the clear. When you see I appear, got that black and white gear. And we in the fifth gear. And you know we don't care. If they whip or they against, we don't mean to make offense, but yo, we mean with our offense. The scene is finna switch, my team got it on clinch. If the scene that you ain't green, then we gon' lean at your expense. This angle, but has a twist, just to hear one for a real one. Left
lame deals for a real one And they know the fake from the real ones yeah. You hear that guitar riff They switch up the stance quick They think we want Hollywood You can't understand it You see who I stand with My team is outstanding We came with a plan But see your plans with you handed You hear that guitar riff They switch up the stance quick They think we want Hollywood You can't understand it You see who I stand with My team is outstanding We came with a plan But see your plans with you handed